Hi, I'm Johnny Whitfield, host of Heartland Startups. In this episode, I interview Cody Hutchins, co-founder of Bond Bracelets. You can find them on the web at bondbracelets.com. That's B-O-H-N-D-B-R-A-C-E-L-E-T-S.com. And connect with Cody, who gives his contact info at the end of the interview. Cody talks about launching a company with a physical product as a first-time founder, starting a company with a mission, and the value of having a co-founder while running your company. I honestly loved interviewing Cody, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this talk, especially if you're thinking about launching a company that sells a physical product, especially especially if you've never done that before, um, whether it's you know physical products or launching a company. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into that, and uh, he's been learning you know, in, a, in an immersive way. Um, so be sure to check out their website and contact them to get a bond bracelet in your colors. Um, they're looking to grow and the more feedback that they get and interest that they get, the more likely they are to get yours to you quicker. This episode of Heartland Startups is brought to you by Electric Growth, a growth marketing agency in Nashville, Tennessee. Need a website and some marketing to get your company growing? get electric growth today without further ado i give you episode four of heartland startups all right for heartland startups episode four we've got cody with bond bracelets how are you cody doing well doing well thanks so much for having me on today i really appreciate the opportunity to do this podcast yeah man excited to have you um Really glad that uh, that we met here at the Entrepreneur Center in Nashville. Again, great place. Uh, if you're in Nashville, check it out. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's dive right in. What is Bond Bracelets, and how did you get the idea for it? Yeah, so uh, Bond Bracelets is the company that me and my best friend and co-founder Jeremy Rayleigh started. Um, it initially got its roots while we were in college. Um, we uh, wanted to start a business to kind of bring our friendship back together. We'd been best friends since like first grade, but then drifted apart in college. So um, we actually had the idea for the company when we were about, I want to say like 13, 12 or 13 years old, but never did anything with it. Um, but, uh, then when we came back to it in college, there was this business plan competition. So we said, Hey, what about that idea for those, uh, athletic wristbands? Um, you had, we had whenever we were 13, let's try and do that. Um, so for those of you who obviously can't see, cause we're on a podcast, the, uh, the bracelets that we have with our company are similar to a Livestrong bracelet. Um, they're silicone wristbands, but they have two pieces. And uh, one of the pieces you can take out, and it has a different color on each side. Um, and the idea is that you will wear uh, colors that represent something unique to you. And then when you see someone else wearing uh, a bond bracelet as well, you'll ask them what their colors mean. And then you guys can share your story and connect in that way. So uh that's the uh basis of our company is the bracelets and yeah i got started when uh, we actually ended up winning that business plan competition in college and that ended up paying for our first round of manufacturing for the bracelets so brought our friendship back together and we hope that the bracelets can kind of do that for other people as well very cool man that's that's really awesome i mean starting a, a business with your childhood best friend 
um, in college and, uh, and winning a, a business competition. Uh, I'm actually wearing my Bond bracelet um, today, uh, the Nashville Predators colors. So they're playing, uh, playing in the playoffs tonight. Uh, go Preds and uh, go Bond bracelets. Um, lo I, I love the idea, you know, just in a, um, you know, in the world today, it's just everybody's behind their screens, you know. And uh, so something that, that is, is tangible and, and brings people face-to-face -face without a screen um, and helps them connect, I think, is it, it's, it's a great tool and, and it's going to have its, its moment. Um, because, I mean, people are going to be, there are studies that show that people are, you know, their relationships are waning in the uh, age of technology or so, uh, whatever we, we want to call it. But, um, yeah, I, I love the idea. Um, so how did you get in, I mean, selling a physical product? You, you've never done this before, right? And, and how do you go from, like, okay, I've got this idea, now, now I need to get this manufactured, and then shipping, so you're dealing with logistics, and you're dealing with all this stuff that, uh, that you hadn't dealt with before. How, how did you handle that? Yeah, well, first, thanks so much for believing in our product. We, I really appreciate that, and we really do hope that, you know, it can create these human connections with people that aren't just digital, but in real life, like you said. Um, but, yeah, so I guess kind of how we've navigated things is when we were looking to start the company and what skill sets that we had um i studied uh, my degree in undergraduate was in international business and chinese um so me and jeremy didn't have a lot of startup funding we won the business plan competition but it wasn't a ton of money um and he was a film uh, major in undergraduate. So that's what he got his degree was in film. And then I had international business in Chinese. So we were like, how can we do this? Maybe we'll use his film to start a Kickstarter and then we could use my skills to get some manufacturing. So right after college, I actually moved to Beijing, China and started working for an agriculture company over there. And while I was over there, um, we started kind of dabbling around, see if we could get some, uh, good manufacturers over there. So I was working for the agriculture company, you know, Monday through Friday, but then on the weekends I would travel around and go meet with potential manufacturers for our company. And as you very truthfully stated, I had no experience with this. So we, uh, failed a lot and it actually took us so long to lock down way longer than I even want to tell you, uh, to lock down a manufacturer because we went through, I think seven different Chinese partners before we found one that could create a quality product that was durable and wouldn't just break or have terrible um, quality control issues. So we, uh, I would just basically email them, try to uh, uh, talk to them on the phone, make them sound like we were a much larger company than we were in America. Um, and then I would go meet them in person. And a lot of times when I showed up, there would be like the owner of the manufacturing plant and like two uh, other people that were working there and they would be prepared to take me out to lunch and stuff. And then they would see like, oh, they'd, they'd always say like, I thought you were much older. And I was like, oh, well, uh, actually, no, this is me. So we just started, I just started meeting with a lot of manufacturers and then we would uh, kind of let them test out making the product. And um, yeah, eventually one of them stuck. Many of them, like I said, did not. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a lot of trial and error to learn how to do manufacturing and working overseas. 
That's a really great story. I mean, um, and, and I think a lot of people see entrepreneurship and they're like, uh, see, see all the glamour, you know, you, you read in entrepreneurship mag, entrepreneur magazine or Inc or, or whatever, and you see all the success stories. And, and if you're just covering the surface, you're just seeing their successes. It's like a highlight reel. You're seeing sports centers highlight like their top 10 plays basically. And you're, you're not seeing the hours and hours of struggle and failures and, and also, I think, I think that's really good for people to hear that you did struggle and you did fail, um, but you kept failing forward. So you kept learning from the mistakes and, and using what you learned to get better for the next one, to get better for the next one. And then it, it helped you, you know, you dove into something that, that you didn't have um, experience in, but you had the willingness to learn and, and the, the willingness to put in the effort. And you did it. And that's awesome. So... Congratulations on that. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, we it was uh, it was a long process, but uh, we actually like got into one situation where we had to like threaten to sue a company because we had given them all our money that we had, and then they couldn't make the product. And we we're like, oh no! So we were totally bluffing, but fortunately, they didn't read our bluff and ended up. But yeah, it took us forever and we definitely I think have failed more than succeeded with a lot of the things so definitely has happened yeah that's um, you know it's, and it's a great story it shows you know the well I mean if you do enough reading about entrepreneurship stuff the trough of sorrow um, you know you got to hit it at some point and I'm sure you were you were probably there at that that point when you had uh, had a big contract and then they they couldn't deliver. Um, that, that's got to be terrifying. Um, speaking of things that are terrifying, um, you have obviously faced a lot of those things already, but what, uh, what keeps you awake at night now about running your business? Hmm. Yeah, I think honestly the biggest thing is the potential of it failing and, you know, not having my, I guess, our baby, as you could say, not having it come to full fruition um, because we're going right now. We have sales, you know, we've launched the company. It exists and it's, it's growing. So that's good. Um, but we want our impact to be so much more and, I think the biggest thing that's scary at night, which I think a lot of people could resonate with who are running their own business is just, you know, thinking that you left, like I, I left behind an international career with a very established agriculture company with a set out growth path in front of me for development and all these things. And to think that I left that behind and then potentially maybe I'll wake up after investing three for I don't even know how many years into this, be like, oh no, this did not work out. What have I done? Um, so that's that. I think is the thing that at night that I probably worry about the most. But with that, I would also say it's kind of motivating because that's the reason I did this. I felt like I would never fully go for it unless I pulled out all the safety nets that were under me. Because we tried to start the company while we both had full time careers and. We just dabbled around for about 
a year and a half, two years, and it never happened. So then finally said, okay, I'm done. We're going to do this. And then that's when I left my other full-time job. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's something very valuable for, for people to hear about, um, you know, removing the, the backup plans and just going all in. Uh, if you really believe in it, you really, really want it to succeed, you, you've got you to, you know, put the cards down, put the chips on the table, and, and really go all in for it. Um, you know, admire that a lot. So, way to go. Um, where, where do you see Bond bracelets six months from now? And then how about a year from now? So, six months from now, our goal is to have university partnerships um, lined out, and that being one of our uh, main sources of revenue. Right now, uh, we basically just operate on our own and don't have any official uh partners other than um, for our pitch night events where we give back 10% of the profits to help younger high school entrepreneurs, which we can talk about in a bit if you want. Um, but it's pretty much just us right now, but we um, are kind of shifting right now as we speak for the rest of this year to go after universities and partner with them to create um, custom packaging um, for their logo and everything, obviously, and then have all of their incoming students uh, wear the university's colors, uh, our, our bracelets with the university's colors on them, so that um, you have these freshmen coming in who are fresh into college um, with a lot of this like, vigor and excitement and everything, um, but they haven't connected with other people at the university. So we really want our bracelets to kind of act as that catalyst to get freshmen incoming into college plugged into university life and things like that. So the goal right now, I'd say six months, is to get um, the uh, universities in Tennessee and Kentucky uh, on board as partners. Um, Western Kentucky, uh, if you're listening, we're coming for you first. <laughs> um, and then a year from now, uh, we really want to build out bond bracelets um, as a brand uh, that is really focused on our impact and we want people to know us uh, for our impact. Um, so that 10% that I was telling you about right now, I think a lot of people just see us as, like you said, you have your Nashville Predator colors on. A lot of people just see like, oh, you can wear these colors for the home games and you can reverse it and wear them for the away games. And they don't really know much about that. And while that is certainly important and we want to be known in the athletic space um, with sports teams, we really want people to know our name as Bond and as the, the things that we are doing in the community and how we want to give back and how we want to bring people together. So within a year, um, I would love to be in more states than two. Right now it's just Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, so within a year, uh, I think our goal being realistic would to be in about 10 states um, and selling in retail locations there, um, but to also be hosting um, pitch nights for high school students within those 10 states. So we're not just selling the bracelets in those 10 states, but also giving back to high school students that want to bring people together as well. So, but lofty goals a year down the road. Well, that's the point of, of goals, right? I mean, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna set them high, what's the point of setting them? So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it, um, and I and I think those are those are those are totally achievable goals. I mean, I don't I don't see those 
as as being like ridiculous or in any way. Um, I think you know with with especially with the message, um, and I often refer to him in uh, conversation and mention him to everybody. Simon Sinek, um, the start with why. Um, I, I you know why don't you tell us more about the why? And you mentioned you talked about the pitch nights. Um, what are they? Um, you mentioned the benefit, 10% benefit, high school students. Um, explain that, that process that, that really is part of the brand. I, I get the sense that it's kind of like a, the, the Tom's giving thing and stuff like that, but part of that uh, corporate social responsibility sort of stuff. Um, and and I, I want to hear more about that and how that kind of shapes the brand um, or vice versa. Sure, yeah. So kind of as I mentioned, the bracelets by design um, are meant to connect people and start those conversations that build relationships. And so from the get-go, me and Jeremy knew that we just didn't want to start a company um, that would just make money and not have a, a social mission behind it. Um, so when we were looking at how we were going to help, we thought – what do we know? Where have we been helped? What what helped us get to where we are? And it was that pitch night. It was that pitch night in college that really got us that that I guess you could say like baby seed amount of money to get us going. Um, and so we wanted to give back in that manner. Um, and so our pitch nights they um, they are funded by ten percent of the profit profits of our bracelet sales. And what we do basically is we host a community event. It's open to the public. Um, we get a local food sponsor. Um, our last one was San Antonio Taco Co. here in Nashville. Um, and then everybody comes. We invite the public out. Um, there was about 100 people at our last event. And we get high school students who submit their applications online for these ideas that they have. And all of their ideas, how it ties into our brand, is that they have to bring people together in some way. So they have to, a la, bond people in some way. So the community comes out, they have dinner, and then the culmination, the peak of the event is these five high school students who have these ideas. They get up and give a live pitch um, for about five minutes about what their idea is, how they would use funding if they got it, and what they want to do. And then we actually get the people at the event to vote on their favorite um, pitch for the night, and then that decides who gets the funding. So um, we want the students to be about bringing people together, but we also want to bring the local community around those students so that, yeah, like our last event, we gave the winning students $500 to get their business going. Um, but um, our hope and our goal is that the community rallies behind them at our event, and they make connections at our event that can help them do more than just what that $500 can help them do. So the event is meant to bring people together. The students' ideas are meant to bring people together. Um, our bracelets are meant to bring people together. Um, really, it's kind of it's kind of all encompassing. But the why behind our bracelets is really what keeps us going. Because uh, honestly, I couldn't just sell silicone wristbands if that's all it was. I believe there is more to life than selling silicone wristbands, and I believe we've been blessed here, born in America, in you know very like a wealthy economy with a lot of opportunities and we, and we have to give back. So that's the reason when people are like, you sell bracelets now you used to work for an agriculture company. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I sell bracelets, but the bracelets are just a catalyst and a talking point. The, the social mission and the give back is really what we're all about. And that's 
what I think drives our brand and, and what kind of shapes the messaging behind it. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, yeah, human relationships. Man, that's, it, it's all tied together behind that, and I love that. I see that. And just, I mean, we've not known each other for a week, but <laughs> I, I, I can, I feel it when I'm in the room with you, and, and I can see it. Um, it. It's just so clear that, that your, your why is clear, your brand's why is clear, and uh, that's something special to see. And yeah, there's a million other companies that sell, um, you know, clothes, accessories, whatever, that, you know, they're just trying to make a bunch of money on it. This has meaning, purpose. It's great. Um, love it, man. Um, so you have have all these things going and, and the mission and everything. Um, and we, we talked about it a little bit um, with the struggles of starting a business. Um, what is some advice that you would give to a would-be founder of first-time founder of a, of a company, especially a physical product company? Two things immediately come to mind. Uh, the first, I think, can be related to all people wanting to start any type of company. The second, with particularly with a physical product company like ours. First being, um, I would say, get a co-founder. That's the first thing that I would say to, and I know not everyone would agree with that, but anyone who wants to start a business, I think having a co-founder has been the best thing um, for, for us. The fact that there's two of us, not just one, because... I think everyone has those days when they wake up and they question everything that they're doing or they're not motivated um, or they aren't sure which direction to go. But having someone to meet up with, having someone to bounce ideas off, having someone that when you don't feel like doing it, you, you know that they're in it with you. And if you can't give up on them, um, it's a lot easier to keep stepping forward with someone else. So that's my first thing is I think having a co-founder has been absolutely crucial for us. The second being physical product um, is test out your product on people as much as you can and talk to the people who are embodying it as much as you possibly can. I think what we've learned, the fastest way we've been able to learn is when we have been at events where our bracelets are being sold or events where we are the sponsor um, and people are getting our bracelet um, as a part of participating in the event and putting it on and talking to us because that lets us know what they're using it for because you can design a product all you want and you can think it's a great thing and a great idea that and that people are use it in this way but until people actually start using it, you know, they might use it in a completely different way than you ever imagined or you ever knew was possible. Um, I remember with our bracelets particularly, we, um, the key feature to us was the fact that you could reverse them, reverse the colors on the inner bracelet and trade them and take them out with people. But when people saw our product at a, it was a, 
it was a 5K race here in Nashville, and we were one of the sponsors. When people saw our product, they had no clue that you could reverse it. They just thought it was a silicone bracelet. And so we took it out of the packaging, we put it on their wrist, and then they started like, oh, this is really cool. You can trade these colors. It's like, you know, three bracelets in one, actually. And they were like, oh, people don't realize this naturally. So then that redesigned our entire point-of-sale display. Our point-of-sale display now shows that there's three pieces to our bracelet when originally it was just showing one picture of our bracelet altogether. Um, so I would say get in front of and hang out with your customers or whoever you think your customers are um, as much as possible because that's another thing. We originally thought our customers would be like middle school, elementary kids potentially, but then we realized that high school students are kind of catching on to our product a lot more than those younger generations are. But we had no clue that was going to happen. So get your product in front of people. Talk to the people that are using it. I think that's great advice. Um, not, not even just for physical products, but for, for anything. Because I see a lot of, and I have fallen victim to this trap as well, of building things and, and tinkering with things, um, say a website, and, and just keep changing it. And like, oh, it, it could do this better. It could do this better but not ever asking a user what they want. And so testing and getting feedback from users is so key. And to, to really know if you've got the right product market fit and that people, and, and to see how people will actually use your product, not just what you think people will use with your product, um, is, is so crucial to getting your business going. Um, and because you can sit there and ideate all months for months, literally, and just keep changing things. I'm like, oh, well, if this was better, uh, but just get users and, and get people to try it and then, you know, tailor it to those people, their, their feedback and say, oh, okay, so they, they want this feature. I'll build that in. Or they, they really like using it for this. I'm going to market that aspect of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, that's excellent advice. Um, for, for any any business owner. Yeah, if I could maybe jump in and say one thing about that. If anyone, whoever's listening, if you haven't had the chance to check out uh, Stanford Design School, they talk all about what's called design thinking. Um, and there's meetups almost in every city about how to do this. But uh, I think it's a great, really simple five-step curriculum for how to rapidly prototype and test your products or ideas. Um, and like you said, there's ideating on the front end, but then immediately after that, it's like test on as small a scale as possible as you can without spending any money, but test it as many times as you can and just get feedback so that you can kind of iterate and test it out. But yeah, Stanford Design School, Design Thinking. You can go online and check out their courses. It's really great and it's helped us immensely. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure that they will appreciate you sharing that with people. Um, so yeah, that's great. I, I need to check that out as well. Uh, so now I've got some homework. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what is and this is the the big question? Uh, what's one big trend you see coming in the next year or two years that most people do not see? So. I can, I guess, obviously speak to what I've had the most experience in. And maybe more people do see this coming than I think. But when 
here in, I guess you could say, southern United States, like kind of the south, the area, whenever I hear people talk about China, um, they still think of it as like cheap China, cheap labor China. Um, and I think now that everyone kind of knows about Alibaba um, and how you can basically like get access to all these manufacturers who you go in there and you realize like, whoa, this is way cheaper than the United States and then what I could do over here. Um, that has become more known to people. I think that that cheap labor China image has been ingrained more and more in people's heads. But from living over there and studying over there all throughout um, undergraduate, the generation, especially the younger, what you could say, the, the students that are in high school, I don't even know what their generation is called right now, but like the millennials in China and then the generation younger than that that's in high school, they are no longer the cheap labor force of China and they no longer care about what's cheap. The Because of the age of the internet is breaking through in China, even with a lot of the regulations that exist in their internet. And they're starting to care a lot more um, about social minded things and how they're going to create an impact in the world with their lives. Um, and simultaneously, kind of as everyone knows, like they're getting wealthier and wealthier and the average income in China is continuing to go up. Um, now there's still a lot of poverty that exists in that country, just like every other country in the world. But I think people are, if you're hoping to build a company completely around the fact that you can just get cheap manufacturing, from china and i and i speak to ourselves as well because that's like i said where our manufacturing is i think you should prepare a game plan for the coming future because i think that's changing it's already changed a lot um and i think it's changing very quickly um because the the labor force is no longer going to be the cheap labor of the world i think people are going to have to start finding manufacturing in other countries as china becomes wealthier and wealthier um it's, yeah, so that's that's the trend that I see coming is uh, not only the younger generation no longer just being focused on monetary things um, and just money they're caring about social issues, but I think it's uh, also the labor force is no longer going to be as cheap as people view it. Um, so that would be the trend that I think I see coming and yeah, maybe other people don't know about. Very cool. Um, yeah, I, I think that's going to have a huge impact because a lot of people have, you know, expected all of the exports to come from China and be cheap and, um, the, the rising cost of manufacturing, the cost of goods is going to go up. Uh, and then, you know, um, but then there's also robots and yeah. how much robots are going to take over, you know, repetitive stuff like manufacturing. Um, so, you know, I think, and that, and that may be, you know, a few, few years beyond the trend that you're talking about, but, um, more and more robots in manufacturing replacing the human workers so that they don't have to work in the sweatshop type environments that, that people may still have, you know, in their mind, whether, you know, they're as real or, or not. But, um, and that would be the new source of super cheap labor. Is robots, yeah. and then it's the humane way too, because you know it's no humans are working for eighteen hours a day, and you know in a tiny cramped space, it's a robot, and, and that doesn't need things that humans need, so it can just go twenty four seven. So yeah, I, th I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff, and and thank you for that insight. That's really great. 
Um, so as a parting shot, um, how, well, um, I don't think we covered this, uh, Bond bracelets is B-O-H-N-D, um, kind of important. Um, how do people get in touch with you after hearing this? Um, what's the best way to, to connect with you, with the brand? Um, how, how do you want all of that to, to happen? Yeah, so quick explainer, B-O-H-N-D bracelets uh, is because my middle name is B-O-H-N, um, and actually being young and unexperienced, we manufactured the bracelets and named our company B-O-N-D in the beginning, and then our lawyer that we met with was like, yeah, you can't use that. There's a much larger company, and you're going to run into legal issues. And we're like, oh, no, but we've already manufactured all these bracelets. And then our saving grace was, wait, Cody's middle name is Bond. That's perfect. So we just threw that in there. B-O-H-N-D bracelets.com is our website, and you can get on there. Um, but also um, Bond bracelets on any of the social media platforms um, as well. Uh, I, myself, tend to be a bit old-fashioned, I guess, with with email, I I stay away from our social media. Um, that's completely ran by Jeremy. So uh, I'll throw my email. It's C-O-D-Y at bondbracelets.com. Very, very simple. Shoot me an email. I'm normally pretty quick about getting back on that. would love to connect with anyone who has ideas um, about what they might, might want to create uh, in their area, what they're doing, um, or just feedback on the company or just kind of uh, talk entrepreneurship here, what you guys are doing. So would love to connect. Um, yeah, that would be the best way I'd say email. Cool. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Cody for, for being a part of the podcast today and, um, and telling everybody about your product. Uh, I think it's a really exciting, um, product, really phenomenal brand. Um, I'm excited to see it grow. Uh, and, and let's, you know, let's get back together in uh, that six months or the year mark and, and see how, how far we've come. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll keep me accountable and hopefully it'll keep you guys on track too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Well, it's podcast number two coming in six months. Um, there will be 10 million users or uh, 10 million listeners to your podcast at that point. So uh, six months from now, we're checking in again, guys. Thanks for having me so much. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys um, for listening and uh, be sure to check out Bond Bracelets, B-O-H-N-D Bracelets. If you can't spell that, I can't help you, dot com.